and welcome to Maniacal Music Musings. Yes, we're back for the third time in a week. Aren't you all so lucky? But we are here once again. I'm your host, Jeremy. My innocence faded a long, long time ago. When I look in the mirror, all I see is me in my space dive vest, head up, getting ready to be quiet and drive. My co-host, though... He looks in the mirror and has to grab the lotion because he's so scarred from all the voices he hears in his head. The lies he tells himself on a daily basis while making the sign of the cross. He said farewell to his sanity as long ago as the glory of Rome. Chancy motherfucking Grife. Hi. <laughs> that was great. Pretty good for off the, for off the fucking cuff there, but... Pretty good, and, yeah, a lot of <laughs> I, I, I get good after practice. What can I say? But um, yes, your musers are back once again, and of course, we're joined by a guest as always because this isn't as fun without a guest. I mean, it is, but not as fun. Our guest tonight, though, very happy to have on, especially after listening to some of his music. We have Chris Eveland, guitarist for Gelatin Skeleton and like three or four other bands I saw that I don't remember the names of at this point, but I'm sure he'll tell us all about that in a minute. How you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to chatting with you guys. This is cool. This is a cool format. I like it. Oh, nice. Thank you. We yeah, appreciate really that. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, tell us, Chris, what got you into being a musician? Uh, very early on. It definitely was my grandfather. He was a piano tuner. Uh, he had one of the most musical names ever. It was Dennis C. Sharp. Right, so even his name was <laughs> that, that's amazing. But, yeah, so he tuned pianos for a living, and then I'd go over as a young guy, and uh, you know he'd have five or six pianos all throughout the house. He'd have uprights and grands, and they're all half torn apart. So I always got to see the inside and the guts and how they worked and the hammers. Um, but I just remember very early sitting on his lap, and then just after he was done, you know, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, working on him for a while, and then he'd light up because they were finally in tune quite a process to tune the piano he would just start playing the most beautiful sounds coming out of it it was classical music i'd later find out but at the time it was just this flurry of notes and it used to get give me goosebumps and everything and so that's where music started was definitely with him um and then i it was one year he got me a, a cassette tape it was 1986 uh it was the first cassette tape i had and i had that yellow uh waterproof sony walkman that was big in those years and uh, the only tape, he went into the music store, asked for the number one selling album that year. And thank goodness it was uh, Van Halen because there was a lot of weird stuff that year, right? It could have been anything. Um, so we got Van Halen 5150. It's the only tape I had. And I just played it back, front, back, front, back, changed the batteries, played it over and over again. And I didn't know what the sound was, but every time Eddie was doing a solo, I would get these goosebumps and energy. And it just, oh, it got into my soul very early on. I was only 11. Picked up a guitar, practiced, we'd go over to granddad's house, bring those guitar magazines with the tablature, set it on his piano. He had never heard Hot for Teacher or any of these songs. And he would just sit there and play it perfectly on the piano. And perfectly. And Eddie Van Halen riff, just boop, 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 then the vocal line with his other hand. And I was just memorized. So that's where it all started for me. And I became very passionate very quickly. And I haven't put it down since, man. I've been playing live for 30 years now. I think I'm in six or seven different performing bands right now. A lot of tours, a lot of recordings, met a lot of cool people, traveled a lot. So I love it. Very passionate about it. That's awesome. That's an amazing like story. That, that actually is an amazing like uh, origin story for a musician kind of. 
And I love yeah, the well, I, I love your row of guitars behind you too. Like that's awesome. <laughs> cool, man. Thanks. Well, why don't you tell the audience what album you decided to bring that I'm dying to get into this? So what album did you bring, Chris, and why did you want to bring it? Um, yeah, it took a bit. When I saw your format, I was humming and hawing, should I throw one of mine in there? Should I put this? I didn't want to do something. So I wanted it to be different. And over the last couple of years, I've been really – I'm a huge John Petrucci fan. He's one of the best guitar players out there, man. Uh, I, I, in my world, he's at the top of the mountain, right? There's a lot of them up there with him, but John is the guy. So I, I definitely decided Dream Theater, but then I didn't know which one to bring. And I just thought I'd bring the one that shifted my mindset as a guitar player and as a musician, and that was Awake. Uh, and that came out as their, it's their third album, but really second for the, you know, uh, for popularity and stuff. The first one was kind of under the radar. So that one came out and that brought in the seven string guitar that brought in all these crazy instrumentals and they just went off. Uh, some of their best playing and songwriting is on that album. And uh, I don't know, it just, it stuck with me. And it's still, when I listen to this day, it still sounds fresh. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of melodies on there. There's some pop stuff mixed with the, ridiculous 18 minute you know instrumentals that they do and uh it's just it's melodic math you know great stuff so i just thought i'd bring that in just to discuss it and see what other people thought
hey, that's when when you when you when you said Dream Theater, I was like, okay, 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 yes. And then as soon as and I'm like, what album is it going to be though? And then the yeah. second later, the second later, you said the album. I was like, thank you, thank you, the yeah, best album right? they've ever done. Like yeah, I, right. I, I found, I found Dream Theater a few years ago. A few years ago, when I was going through like a symphonic metal, like listening to every band on Wikipedia under symphonic metal. So I found Dream Theater, and I was freaking in love with them. Like in the fact that the fact they're from Long Island, New York, and I'm a New Yorker, so that like to me that brings it home. And like you said, uh, the the lead singer's voice is just one of the legendary symphonic metal voices. Oh. Unreal. I mean, it's a long, it's a long list of voices in there, but I mean, oof, I mean, Devin, Devin Townsend, Marco Itala, all yeah. one of the ones we're going to be talking about later tonight that I'm not going to announce yet, but um, just so yeah. many amazing symphonic metal voices out there that just, so when you brought, the CD is one I already knew I loved, and I'm just happy I got to revisit it like for the first time in seven years all the way through, so. Cool, man. I, yeah, quite a clip, right? I applaud it, but Chancy, sir, we never talked about Dream Theater, so I'm dying to hear your review of it. Uh, so I, uh, this is actually my first time. I knew who Dream Theater was. I used to work with a guy that uh, he was a drummer, and Mike Portnoy was like his go-to. And he was like, check this out. So I, I listened to a couple songs here and there. I don't remember which ones right now. But this was my first time going through the album. And it's not that I, I mean, I, I definitely liked it because the instrumental portion of it all is fucking top tier. I just, it, I don't know what it is, but there's, there's like a fistful of people that I, that like when they sing that melodic style with the style of play at the same time, some of the songs it matched with some of the songs it kind of kind of clashed with. But at the same time, that clash was harmonic, if you will. Um, I honestly like it was. It was really good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been slowly breaking open Chancy Symphonic Metal uh, Cherry there, little by little over the last year or so. But yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what were your top five songs? There, Chris. I'm, I'm dying. This is what I'm dying to hear is the top five for this album because there's so many good ones. Yeah. So this one, it, it goes for a ride, right? And I, when I think of it, definitely it's the the instrumental Erotomania, just because when I when I first got in Dream Theater, honestly, sometimes it sounded like video game. It was just too many notes, too much stuff going on, and I got <laughs> like, well, it was like ADD of music. It was like, and I don't mean that insulting at all. It was just a flurry of stuff that's like, whoa, back up. You can't listen to ACDC and then listen to the Dream Theater song and be in the same mood. Dream Theater, when I played Erotomania, I would pause it after five seconds and say, okay, in that five seconds, what did they just do? That What is that? It's so out there, right? Um, so it'll always be Erotomania for me just because of the classical, they, you know, the ragtime piano in the middle, the classical Beethoven piece that they put in the middle. Uh, Space Dyed Vest, that really moody one at the end. What a trip that takes took me on anyways beautiful beautiful melody um lifting shadows off the dream to me that was like a like a that was a hit you know with everything else that was going on and whatever year this was 93 i think 93 94 
I should have checked on that, but Not, somewhere nine, around there. 94, I believe. Yeah, 94. So right then, Seattle was taking over the world, right? So we had Nirvana, we had all these bands that, you know, some of them couldn't tune their instruments, you know, but they had a vibe to them. They had that energy. They had really well-written lyrics and stuff. But as far as, like, players' players go, didn't really do much for, for guys that have been playing a long time, right? They weren't that influential. So when this stuff came out, it was like, what the hell is that, you know? And um, so, yeah, so that was definitely one of the songs. It was like, okay, they can do the instrumental stuff, but uh, they can also write some pretty powerful, catchy songs, right? Right. Um, and then Lie was a great one because that was the first time I heard him on a seven-string guitar, and I was a six-string player the whole time. I still remember the video with that Ibanez, black guitar, green, fluorescent pickups. And when he hit that low seventh string, that little riff in there, I'm like, what is happening, right? So that really, really hit me hard. Um, yeah, and I think I think probably uh, Scarred, man. Nice. I think those, yeah. yeah, I think so, man. Like, that's supposed to be the five. It's tough because, you know, when you listen, I don't want to say ACDC, Metallica, there's some albums that's like, you listen to that album and it's an album. It's it's this, ACDC start to finish. This album for Dream Theater was like, oh, that took a turn. That took a turn. Is this the same band? What is that? And then, oh, there it is, right? Like, it's it was all through the spectrum for me. It was all in the It just showcased all of them, all, all of the musicians in that band. And, and the, yeah, those would be my five. Nice. I mean, it's all right. And this is going to be funny, man. But I'm actually happy that we ha we postponed this today because I need more time to really dive into these albums. And when, I, when we postponed, well, postponed it today, I was like, sweet. Because I was like, not working until today because of the holiday. Like, I just, I I like to listen to stuff while I drive because that's when I absorb music the best. But Oh, cool. And I mean, so I I needed the ride to work today to freaking listen to Dream Theater again and fall in love with the <laughs> majesticness that is Dream Theater. But... All right, now here's the funny part because my I had three honorable mentions for this because it's such an amazing CD I couldn't just pick five, but Erotomania and Space Dive Best are my two first two honorable mentions because I I never put I never put non lyrical songs instrumentals like on the top of my list there's always there was gonna be an honorable mention over there, but these ones are so good I could not leave I couldn't leave them like off the list they're just too good, especially I mean both of them are good but Space Dive Best is just so creepy sounding and. Like, Yuri, right? It, it, it's uh, it reminds me of some of Nightwish's uh, good instrumentals they do that are creepy as well. So, but and my my other honorable mention was the mirror because the mirror is a very like it's like a very transcendent song because like everybody can relate to that song in some way or another. Like it's just and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, that's part, that's the one song as part of their twelve step uh, thing suite they do. Like, where because each album they do, there's a song about uh being an alcoholic on it and like the 12 steps of recovery. I didn't know this, yeah. And, and, and each album they do, there's a there's that song about being an alcoholic and like trying to fight the battle. Like, they call yep. it like their they call it like their 12 steps suite or something like that. Like, overall, okay. 12, overall 12, 12 of their albums, but and the mirror Who's, is the one of the program, uh in, in the band, you know. No, I didn't get I, I don't know who actually. They're talking about. Uh, I, that's the first time I heard that. Right, that's good. That's cool. Or I mean, could be one of their parents or something too that they were talking about. But I mean, I absolutely. Yeah, no, right. it's all good. I was just that's cool to to know. Yeah, so I mean, that song like hit home kind of, and 
number five lies like that's another one where like it hits home because everybody can relate to that everybody knows some like people who tell lies like on a, a daily basis and it's just that song is amazing number four though was six o'clock because that's an amazing that's a, that's an amazing opening track to like a cd like the, for the first full track on a cd that's an amazing opening track and and the what's, what's he called um one of the members was leaving the band after this album was completed, and they knew it the whole time they were recording. So Kevin Shirley, the keyboard player, I think. Yeah. yeah, the keyboard player was leaving, and they knew yeah. that. So six o'clock is kind of like the beginning of the songs they did in that album. Like they did like three in a row in that album that are all like kind of about the tension of like him leaving, but still performing them for like another oh, record. Yeah. So. Oh. And what's going on? What's going on, CJ? Playing? I picked the album, and you're what's telling up? me stuff. And this is cool. I love it. And my number two was Voices because that song is creepy. Like the lyrics in that song are so creepy, but and it's also but it's it's about religion, which I I love songs that like talk about like contemplating religion because it's just yeah. something that a lot of people go through, and it's a very good theme for for symphonic metal especially. So like yeah. that the lyrics and everything in that song just made me love it. And then number one kind of ties into the same thing as well. It's innocent innocence faded. I right. I I love Innocence Faded. It's such the beauty of his voice in that song is just freaking amazing. And it's funny because uh, I was just talking about Dream Theater on uh, Yeah huh podcast with CJ Plain last week or the week before. We were we were doing a uh, whole episode about Steve Vai's Sex and Religion. So cool. we we're, we're we're talking about Dream Theater as well. We were talking about other good bands, but. Oh, apparently CJ is going to see Dream Theater, Devin Townsend, Animals as Leaders in five days. Nice. Oh, nice. That's a oh, that's that big tour they're on right now. Yeah, yeah, that'd be monstrous. That'd be amazing to see. But Chancy, what were your top five for uh, Dream Theater? Um, well, number five for me was uh, Space Dive Vest. Uh, number four was The Mirror. Uh, number three was Lifting Shadows Off a Dream. Um, the mirror was number two, or I'm sorry, scarred was number two. I said, yeah, scarred was dude. Scarred had such a fucking gritty, just fucking, just <laughs> chunky, chunky guitar intro. I was like, fucking soul to the man with gray in his hair. <laughs> and if Jeremy knows anything, he already knows my number one, which is fucking erotomania. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good instrumental. I mean, I, I'm not an, a proficient player, but I tinker with a guitar, so I appreciate it when I hear it. It's like, fuck, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah, it was, and I mean, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, that's kind of what I was like. I, your your point that you made, Chris, about how it like turns on a dime, like you got melodic, sweet sound, chunky, all this. It's just, it's just abrasive, and it's. It's intriguing. It keep it always keeps you going further and further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Which you'll be listening to a song. It'll be twelve minutes in. You'll be like, "Is this the same song I just started?" <laughs> right. Or right. What is happening here? And theory-wise, it's mind-boggling. It's it's per when they play live, it's perfection. Uh, sure. Did you hear the accent? Can you can you pick up the accent from James singing or no? Not really. No. No, he's, he's Canadian as well. Uh, mm, okay. I mean, if they're from New York, that's not a stretch. I think more than be Canadian at least. But 
No, no, just James. Just James is Canadian. The rest of them are all uh, uh, all American. They're all Long Islanders. Yeah. Which there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I don't know if you ever seen the show on Netflix. F is for family, but I love Billy Burr. Yeah. Nice. F is for family. The the band that the oldest son is plays in in that it reminds me of like a starter a starting band at Dream Theater kind of. Oh yeah, cool. I guess I I wonder if that's who they're trying to like play off of. Or I mean, it could be a number of symphonic bands in America that started around that time. But still, I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. That's the kind of music they play. I only got to season two of that one though. I'm I'm way behind. It's probably way past that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. It's, I think the final season's coming out soon. And, and oh my over. gosh, yeah. I'm way behind. But, <laughs> but all right, I, which I think we're gonna keep with the theme of music for right now, and we'll do my album next, just because we'll save the other album for uh, last. <laughs> But I decided to bring Advent. Well, because I heard Dream Theater, I'm like, okay, there are a number of bands in my freaking playlist that I could bring into this at this point. Like, there are so many bands I could bring in that I love. I almost brought an album I talked about with CJ the other day, uh, a Devin Townsend Project album where it's about an alien trying to find coffee, like the perfect cup of coffee across the universe. Like, it's an amazing concept album. But then then I was like, you know what? I haven't brought Aventasia on this show in a hot minute. And it's time to bring on the, bring them on for a fourth album. And I'm like, you know what? If we're gonna if he's doing Dream Theater, I can't just do it. I can't do one of the new Avantasia albums because it just doesn't line up. Like it's just not the same anymore. I gotta bring one of the first ones because that's when they sounded like a lot a lot like Dream Theater did. So I decided to bring the first CD they ever did, the first full CD they ever did, the Metal Opera Part One, which has been one of my favorite Raining the madness they took away under the cross. They have been bishop and monk. Molly who's finally become the law. Wait for salvation, I fought for a soul. Has done has been amazing, but the metal opera is just classic symphonic metal at its best, and I love everything about it. So I had to bring it. I, I listened to it. I haven't listened to the full album in a long time, but I, I listened the songs on it come on my playlist all the time. So I said it's it's just time to introduce Chansey to old Avantasia. But what did you think of my album, Chris? Uh, it was cool, man. I put it on, and it definitely reminded me just from the stuff I listened to growing up, the music of like Ingve Malmsteen, right? It was that very operatic, uh, you know, the, the 
the vocals the way it is um, uh, with a maiden kind of feel and do, 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 do the triplet kind of feels and the stuff. So I loved it. I dug it. But then I, I started to realize I recognize it from somewhere and I, I don't know much about them. I haven't dug too deep into it. But as you can tell by this silly looking guitar here, uh, that's an ABBA guitar. Uh, and I play in an ABBA tribute and we tour all over. We're a 10 piece band. We play everywhere. And somebody sent me a link from these guys covering Lay All Your Love or, or they covered an ABBA song, but just well, metal well, it up. Well, they, they did do Lay All Your Love on the um, um, Lost in Space, I think. Okay, that's what it was then. Yeah. yeah. So I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. So then I dug in a little bit and I did have, I teach guitar too a little bit. And uh, I had a student come in saying, I love these guys. And uh, so we, we worked on some of their stuff. Anyways, I dug the album, man. The guy's got pipes. He can sing, like, for days. Uh, killer vocals. Um, I dug the music. I really like it, man. It was a nice change of pace for me because I, I don't dive too deep into that stuff because I felt like I was there a little bit in the late 80s, early 90s, right? I spent a lot of time in that style. Yeah. Even though it's progressed a lot, it's a little different now. Um, I dug it, man. It was really, really cool. Yeah, Tobias, that, that's the other person I was, I was mentioning earlier. Tobias Samich's voice is just incredible. He's originally from the band Ed Guy, which... Yeah, I've uh, read that. Yeah, but I, I don't know much about Ed Guy either. The one, I am not that much. I like Ed Guy. I've, I've listened to all their song, albums at one point, and I do like all their all, everything they've done. But the best yeah. song they did, the best song they ever did is King of Fools. Okay. I, I, I love that. I love that song by him. But... um. Yeah, I well, I'm happy you liked it. I think I, I'm like, if he likes Dream Theater, if he hasn't heard of Avantasia, he's gonna love them. Like, cause it's the, Avantasia is just that it's a it's a super group. I mean, so many different yeah. bands, singers are are on this album, and every album they do, they have so many voices from different symphonic bands, and it's just incredible. But I checked the list of people that you know have contributed to their stuff, and the list is like like it's all heavy hitters, right? But yeah, very professionally done. Great recording, uh, great sound, killer vocals. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was really good, man. Yeah, they, and I'm, I was so happy that it wasn't an album that I'd heard a hundred times over. Uh, I'm like, yeah. oh, something fresh. So I actually put on the headphones, closed my eyes, and, and dove in right instead of just uh, going, "Oh yeah, I know that album. I'll pick these." Right? Yeah, I mean, and, and plus, like you said, it's operatic. Like the name, the metal opera, is yeah. perfectly, it's perfectly on point, like of what it is. Yeah. And, it, it, it was Tobias Samet's big hit into the symphonic world, and he freaking nailed it, and now people love him. But, Chanty, what did you think of Avantasia's fourth album on this show? I'm used to it at this point. <laughs> I mean, I listened, I listened to the Dream Theater album first, so that way I wouldn't potentially get tainted by listening to yours ahead of the, of the guests. I'm kind of glad I went that route. I don't. I didn't. I didn't necessarily hate it. You're gonna love my fucking top five, though. I guarantee that. I can already assume. But uh, well, speaking of top fives, um, <laughs> um, well, I actually had the same for this as I did for Dream Theater. I had three honorable mentions as well, and Breaking Away was my first because that's more of like a almost. That's almost like a regular heavy metal track. Like that's where you hear like his Ed Guy type of music. And I mean, it doesn't really fit into the storyline at all. It's just kind of like a single that breaks out of the CD for a minute, and then before, it's kind of like an interlude almost. But which actually, if you think about it, the name "Breaking Away" is perfect. So okay, I didn't even 
consider that to this moment. But um, Inside's the next level metric. Like Inside's an incredibly beautiful song. Mm. It's kind of a love song, kind of creepy, but I mean, it kind of goes both ways. But and then reach out, reach out for the light is an amazing song. I mean, it's very like Lord of the Rings esque and stuff like that. But it's just, I mean, this, this whole album is, I think, kind of based on Lord of the Rings. So I, I've just before I found like where this, I found a page a long time ago about like what that, what each song meant and everything for this album, but I couldn't find it again today when I looked. I was pissed. But number five was Serpents in Paradise because that the guitar on that song is amazing. Like the back and forth. Like I mean, and this this is just like Dream Theater though. Like every song on this blends together so well that like I'd have to go back and be like, wait a minute, it changed song, it changed tracks already. Like I thought I would think it's the same song for a minute. But number four was uh, Glory of Rome, just because it's it's very like a ba- it's like a battle song. Like it's just a perfect battle song, and it's so the energy in it is fucking like you catch on to that energy when you listen to it. Number three was Farewell because that's like the, it was a perfect way to end the CD like it's just that farewell song that pure metal Tobias's lyrics in are just freaking phenomenal as always number two was Sign of the Cross because I mean Sign of the Cross is just it's one of the first songs on this album I fell in love with because it's just it remind I can't think what it reminds me of I mean almost like an Iron Maiden type sound to it as well because I think I think they did do a song called "Sign of the Cross" as well, but I, it's not it's not a copy it's not a copy of it because it's a completely different song. But and then of course the number one song had to be their the band's title song, and that's "Avantasia," because that's just a beautiful song. That was the first single they ever put out was "Avantasia" before they even put out the before they even announced the album. They put out "Avantasia" as a song, and it just was amazing, a massive hit from the start. And the fact that it actually, I mean, Avantasia, they got it because it's Avalon and Fantasia put together. So it's like two fantasy worlds put together and that perfectly describes this band. It's just multiple fantasy. And they do, they do like multiple CD storylines as well. I mean, Metal Opera Part 1 and 2 and then Lost in Space Chapters 1 and 2 and the newest one, there's a three-parter they just finished. Like, it's just, the way they do their stories is just so beautiful. Like, if you listen to them all in a row, it's just a mind-blowing experience, especially if you're especially if you're still not your mind. But I, so those are my top five. What were yours, Chris? Um, the the first one I like, I put it on shuffle. Here's the thing: a lot of times when people listen to music now, right, it's all singles. Uh, they'll listen to one song, two songs, and I said not too many, especially the younger generation. We said, have you checked out the new album? They're like, what do you mean? Like, listen to the whole thing. You know, it's very. Skip, 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 skip. And I loved doing this because it was listening to the album in its entirety, which is the way musicians want people to hear their, their album, right? So I like I like the whole the whole album came across really real. I loved the way it flowed together. It did take some turns, but it all stayed together in a nice, uh, neat little package there. Um, but after I listened to it in its entirety, I put it on shuffle and I went for a drive because that's what I do. It's got to come out speakers while I'm driving. Uh, and Serpents in Paradise for sure. Uh, for me, a little bit of the back and forth. There was some killer guitar playing on that, and I'm a sucker for guitars. So uh, that one for me was definitely uh, whatever order we're going in. That was number one for me, man, uh, just because it went. Um, Avantasia was the second one. I thought the killer vocal performance. Great vocals on all of it, but that one, man, there was extra push on it. There was a really nice melody in the, in the, in the chorus part there. Some great harmonies. 
Uh, but Avantasia was really, really good. Loved the playing on that. Uh, Farewell hit me. That was uh, that was a great one for me. Uh, yeah, Sharon's, right. Sharon's Sharon's vocals in that song are freaking incredible. Like, which she, she's from Within Temptation, which I brought that in the show a couple times too. Or oh, one, okay, one, cool, one yeah, yeah. And she like her her her, her vocals are always on fucking point. Yeah, just it hit me. It was just unbelievable. Uh, Sign of a Cross, I thought it was really, really cool. And that definitely has that like that little feel that was going on. And it, it, it was like, almost like a time machine, even though I hadn't heard that song. It took me back to, to picking up the Ingve and the Maidens and, the, and and whatever that kind of rock opera was back then. Um, not not to you know compare the two, but there's definitely an identity or common ground between the two. And, and it was kind of like a cool time machine for me going back to 15, 16, learning that little, little triple thing. Uh, but I dug the song, and then Breaking Away uh, was a song that I couldn't uh, – I played that a couple times. It was pretty cool, man. It was a nice It was a nice shift for me, a really nice change of pace from everything that I listen to on a daily basis, everything I have to learn, all that stuff. So those were my five off this one. I thought it was well done. Well, beautiful. We actually matched up on a lot of them. That's perfect. And as much yep. as I'm dreading this, Chanty, what are your top five? I mean, honestly, I have to say, like, you know, Serpents of Paradise, Sign of the Cross, Aventasia, um, uh, Farewell, and uh, uh, Breaking Away. All all fly high is stuff that sticks out. Uh, My number five was Inside. Uh, Number four was Prelude. Number three was The New Dimension. Uh, number two was uh, Malleus Maleficarum. And uh, number one was the Nominate Patres. I, I honestly can't blame you for your top two because they are really good interludes. But it's just, I, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's uh, every time. I look. I always look and see how long the track lists are or the, the track length is. And if it's super short or if it's like a skit, or any kind of a any kind of an interlude in the in the album, it always either makes my number one, but in this case, it made my top five. <laughs> but I figured if I'm going to do that, since he knows I'm messing with him, I got to at least have, you know, stuff that's that, stuff that was solid to to lean it up with, you know, because I mean, it's it's good stuff. It's just I I enjoy fucking with Jeremy more than I do actually picking my favorite songs. Well, CJ says Sign of the Cross guitar riff was written by Kai Hansen. He originally wrote it for the Seven Keys record. Right on. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Tobias. He takes a lot of, he'll have anybody, he'll, anybody that wants to help him on these, he'll gladly let. He loves it. He loves the cooperation of all these artists together. But, all right, I guess it's finally time to go to <laughs> Chant, to go to to go to Chanty's, uh, what do you call it? Um, I guess we can call it an album. Uh, what album do you bring, Chanty? Uh, I chose the Deftones around the moon. I 
ask this one the same way I always do. I get sent which albums are chosen by you and the guest, and then I go to uh, my handy-dandy playlist, and I hit shuffle. And the first one that came up was the Deftones, and I was like, hey, I haven't picked these guys yet. And, and I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to pick, you know, the, the album that I first heard by them, which was Around the Fur. And uh, this is actually my first time sitting and listening to the whole thing from start to finish. So it was kind of like a win-win for me. And honestly, I'm kind of glad that I did it. I'm happy that it's not the last two, the last choice that I made specifically and up to the last two, because there's been a couple of them the last few times where I'll make a choice. And then as I'm listening to it, I'm like, what the fuck did I do? This is awful. <laughs> uh, see, this is, this is why I actually bring albums. I've listened to a lot multiple times. And I know it's <clears> like, uh, chance a lot, chance a lot, chance a lot. Uh, if I brought random shit that came out next, oh my god, you the shit I would bring to the show would be horrible. But, but all right, Chris, you, wait, you, wait, hold on. The Cottonmouth King episode comes out on Friday, so anyone who wants to know the actual horrific shit that he chooses to bring to this fucking show, listen to that one because. He's he's really trying to church this up a bit. Like, oh, the, this stuff I pick would be awful, dude. The guest, even the guest, was like, "This shit sucks." <laughs> yeah, it goes back and forth. One week, I'm happy. One week, the guest fucking <clears throat> hates on my album. Next week, they hate on Chance's album. It goes back and forth like constantly. But I actually, I'm glad that we both kind of redeemed ourselves on this one because, I mean, uh, it wasn't this one yeah. wasn't bad. Hold the fuck up there, Horsey. Do you really think that you redeemed yourself with this fucking album? Because if we do, we got to have a little discussion after the show. <laughs> well, we can have the discussion if you want, but I definitely think that this album's better than that fucking Offspring album. I don't know what you're smoking. Not enough to enjoy this album, but uh, Chris, what did you think of Chance's album? Yeah, so I, I, I listen to a wide range of, of music. And I used to tell people from ABBA to Zeppelin A to Z, right? So I'm not that kind of guy that's like, uh, oh, because I write and perform and everything else too, right? I would not want anyone to say anything negatively. But I will say that, that this was my first time listening to a Deftones album in its, in its, in its uh, like, completely. Um, and it's, who is it? Steven? Steve Carpenter? Or who's the guitar player? I can't remember. Do we I know? think that's right. I think it's Stephen Carpenter. So he was one of those guys right when Corn uh, uh, came out and, uh, I don't know, Payment on Death and all these bands came out and, and a lot of these seven-string guitars came in, which was really cool. And Limp Bizkit, like they, and I'm not saying these are all the same bands, but they came out in that genre together. Uh, when the Deftones came out, I loved I loved the energy behind it. And uh, these bands, are, for me as a player, are more known for like having really cool riffs. But where they lacked for me as a fan of... of of diving deeper was the vocals, right? And there, there's some times on this on this album where there's some really nice melodies where his vocals are doing that, but then when it's the extra push and the extra stuff, and I get it, live, awesome. I'm a huge Pantera guy, but vocally, same kind of thing, even though it's a different... Right. The delivery of the vocals for me on this album were, man, that's tough. I could almost just listen to it if it was instrumental because of the riffage was so cool. I love the guitar playing. I think the drummer is fantastic. Uh, it was very well done, very well produced, but 
they were just one of those bands when I got the guitar magazines and I got to their songs, I was like, okay, well, there's, there's a couple notes. There's the riff. That's it. That's the end of it. Right. And that was the era where, uh, the guitar solos were slowly fading away and it was more about right. the riff and the attitude, right. Which is cool. Cool in its own right. But for me as a fan, not too much. Yeah. Uh, but I did give it a listen to man. And there was some cool stuff on there. And I think this guy's going into an eight string now, which is ridiculous. He's got another string on his guitar, so it's a lower register. And I dive, I dove into some stuff online, and man, they're sounding great right now. But uh, the songs I chose were uh, "Heads Up." Ooh, hold on that for a second. I gotta give. Yeah, he wants ah! to. He wants to. He wants to dig yeah. his thumb into my rib. Yeah. Oh, fuck, fuck your rib! I thought I was gonna strip your asshole for this one, buddy. But uh, see, I've heard the Deftones. To ever say I listened to them before today would probably be a lie. I think. I think I could be wrong, but thank God that's a fact because Jesus Christ, dude, this guy's lyrics are just, I mean, his lyrics are not bad, but his fucking voice is just horrible. Like, oh my God. I mean, the guitar is on point. The drums and guitar are fucking amazing, but just his, his vocals were Jesus Christ. Like I, I struggled to get through this fucking album and actually pick five. Jesus, like it was, it was. Oh my fucking god! Like I'll have to keep that in mind. So that way, because they got they got more albums, and I'll just keep going back to the well. See, I listened to this album first because I knew what to expect with Dream Theater and my album, and I was just like, let's get this one out of the way first, because just in case I have a feeling, and I'm like, my feelings are usually right on with Chancy, and this one I was like, yep, I'm right. (laughs) Yep. Oh god. It just sounded like noise. It sounded like fucking noise with the way he sings. But it's almost as bad as fucking... Uh, I don't even know who to compare it to, honestly. I really don't. But, that was one of the things that I liked, was that I mean, even you, couldn't, you, you couldn't compare them to anybody. You unique, I mean, right? Even Cannibal, even Cannibal Corpse is better. Like, Jesus. I, uh... I mean, I, I agree with you guys as far as Chino's bring as little to the table as you can esque sound. But uh, I, I honestly think that in part, there's a lot of ways, like I, I could be just the, my rose-colored glasses from my exposure to it. But like, I always felt that in some ways his lackadaisical delivery where it sounds super breathy and it just doesn't really sound like he's trying. It almost kind of accentuates certain parts of the songs. That's just my opinion anyway. Yeah, it's delivery, it's delivery, right? Like it's it's not that he couldn't stand up and sing a Dream Theater song, but if James from Dream Theater went over and sang a Deftone song, the Deftone fans probably wouldn't like that either, right? And that's the beauty about music. Because if you take the Dream Theater crowd and put them in the Deftones concert, they're probably going to walk out. But those Deftone guys are probably going to go to Dream Theater and they're probably going to walk out. So people are drawn to what they like. And I do think the attitude and the delivery of his voice, even though it's not my thing, those guys have been selling out shows for decades and they're still touring and they're still playing and recording. So it works and people like it, right? Yeah. 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 There's people people with bad taste everywhere. But Chancey, what were your (laughs) thoughts on <laughs> yeah, uh, one of them actually is leaned back in his chair right now. Oh, oh, oh! You had to sit up, huh? 
fix a scratch. Uh, number five for me was MX, and that includes the secret song. Actually, that made my it made my number five because of the secret song. I saw that I was like thirty eight minutes. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, that I was like, that's got to be a secret song. And uh, number four for me was Around the Fur. Uh, number three was uh, Die the Flu. Uh, number two was uh, La Bia. Uh, and number one was My Own Summer. Mm. All right. uh, my, my Own Summer is probably my favorite song on the album. Well, La Bia, it's kind of a close, it's a close shave between La Bia and, and uh, My Own Summer. It's, I just, there's something like I was saying about how the way he does it kind of accentuates certain parts of the tracks. Uh, My Own Summer in in direct, uh, specific thought. Because like when he's like, you know, the shade is a tool, a device, a savior, that delivery with the way that everything else is behind it is, and then it just goes right back into the, the chorus clash. And then how it goes from that breathy melodic to <clears throat> the shrill guttural, just back and forth between the two guys. This is crazy. All right. Uh, Chris, what were your top five? I had uh, like my own summer. I thought was really solid there. Um, you know, for just again, the riff and the, the production of this, I didn't check to see who produced this. I usually do that just because I'm, I like that kind of stuff. Um, I like Heads Up, uh, Mascara, just for the energy of that. Nice. Some, yeah, I thought Lotion had some cool writing in it, too. And I did like, uh, do you guys know a band called Sven Galley? I've heard of them. I was going to say, I've heard of them, but I haven't listened to it, no. Yeah, it was cool, man. Um, they had a song that came out. They were kind of like a, a rock, melodic rock band, but then Seattle happened, and then they shifted to try to, to flow with that. Uh, and there was a, on their album In Wire, uh, Lotion reminded me of that Sven Galley, how he was doing the vocal thing, and then he'd let out and then do the covering the mic, and then all these different uh, effects with the mic. Um, it, it took me back a little bit to that, but I thought that was cool. And then Ricketts was my other one, too, that I thought was nice. Cool. Nice. Yeah, it was cool to listen to, man. And I, and I actually grabbed one of them off the wall, and I tried to, because I don't think I've ever learned a, a Deftones tune, maybe back in the day, but. It was cool just to see. He's very riff orientated and very uh, ryth- rhythmic. He must have been a drummer at some point too, or something. But um, yeah, I did. I didn't not enjoy it. It was a cool album to listen to again because I had never listened to it in its entirety. So for me, that's fresh and that's rare because I've listened to a lot of shit, right? Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, I got five for this album. That's all I have, and even that was pulling was try- pulling a fast one trying to figure it out, but. Number five was Die the Flu, because I honestly don't know why it just was. Number four was Lotion, because the guitar in that song was freaking pretty good. It really was. Number three was Be Quiet and Drive, just because yeah. I, I like the Be Quiet and Drive, like, fucking, like, thing, like, like, uh, I'm, pretty sure I that. I'm pretty sure I yelled at my mom when I was a teenager a bunch of times, so, but number two was Head Up, because that was a really good song. And then number one was labia. Because, I mean, the whole, like, whether they're talking about drug use or whether they're talking about marriage, I can't tell. But I can kind of relate. I can kind of, like, see both in there. And it's cool, in a way, the way they metaphorically do it. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't both. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> but so look, Chino, look. Chino rode the horse for a while. Ah, uh, well, giddy up, cowboy. But I mean, I don't. So I mean, yeah. I mean, plus the fact they called it lady was kind of funny. I thought, which is the reason I thought it was like about marriage for some reason, just because the title of the song. But that's that was my top five. Like I said, Deftones, don't bring them on again. <laughs> but oh, I'm gonna. It's happening. Yeah, motherfucker. But but the, I don't know. Then again, maybe it's like uh, what's the other? What's that band you brought on t- twice by hate the first time? I don't know. That dude, that that's literally a lot. That's happened a lot. I just haven't said it. Yeah. I, I I honestly think that if you listen to like Minerva or no, I mean, there's not, there's a no no. I'm just talking about in general. Like I know. I'm, I'm trying to think I, of. I, uh, it's not it's not American Head Charge. It's the other screamy band you brought on. Uh, well, I've only brought one American Head Charge album on. I know. I'm trying. To th- it, it was the other one that's like them, but is more a lot more like can't understand what they're saying. But the lyrics are incredible, and they're very political. Yeah, I I got nothing. Uh, I I know. I can't I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. It's, it's been, <coughs> it must have been a while since you brought them on. I'm guessing. Oh oh oh, B- bleed. Uh, Mashuga. Oh yeah, Mashuga. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 I can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't think of Mashuga. But yeah, I was like I was like ah, I don't know. Are they from Brazil? Uh, no, I think they're from. Or, like Norway or Scandinavia or one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like that black. They're like that dark Europe black metal shit. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I bleed. They're all in the snow and the wearing all black by the river. Bleed. The bleed is probably like, honestly, if you're a fan of music, Chris, I would highly recommend checking out Bleed by Meshuga because okay, because it's <laughs> just it's it's fucking sick. The drummer plays the drummers in reverse, like no, I shouldn't say in reverse, like inverted, not upside uh, down, uh, not upside down, but like he plays. You know how they'll use like the uh, the kick drum as kind of like a tempo. He does yeah. that. He does that on the top drums, and then he'll play the other set on the kick drums. Like the way he does it, it's 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 the kind of it's the kind of song. I almost want to. I want to. I want to find out if it's something that you could actually pick out because of the 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 pick technique to it is very unconventional. It's like it's like you gotta you gotta it's like everybody wants to go on a four pack, but it's like down 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 up up down up up down up down up down up up down up up down up down. It's fucking sick. It's just like. It and then you got the drums behind it, like it's like Bill Burr actually does a bit about going to a Sugar <laughs> concert because he's a he's a getting taught the drums, and he's all like, "Oh man, this is fucking awesome!" But uh, yeah, I'd, I would definitely recommend that. I uh, I'm definitely going to be bringing uh, the Deftones back because I think if you listen to other stuff that they did, like Minerva, Minerva's a good song and album. Um, white Ho- white pony is pretty good. Um, there's yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that they did later on that uh, you know it, it gets better. <laughs> okay. Well, the bands well, do grow, right? We'll right? take a <clears throat> we'll take a <throat> on that for now. But 
All right. Well, we covered three albums, folks, like always. So it's that time. Chris, where can they find your music? Where can they find you? Just promote yourself to the fullest. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I've got some songs on Spotify. I've been lucky enough to uh, record some songs with uh, Gary Lalonde from Honeymoon Suite, um, Forrest Williams. Oh, from Big what's Rec. that? Uh, they did the foundation. What's the newest single on, that you have on Spotify called again? I, if, if we did this last, um, the latest one I released is called Moment in Time. Yeah, yeah, Moment in Time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wrote that with my. Oh, go ahead. I was there. If we recorded this last night, I wouldn't know that by heart. But I oh, lost yeah. it. I, I've lost it in the twenty-four hours since then. But I, yeah, yeah so I, I, I love that. I love that song. That song was amazing. Oh, thanks, man. I wrote that with my son about ten years ago, and it was all about divorce and addiction and not being with family and, and separation and all that kind of stuff. And he helped write the lyrics, and we never had nice. the last verse. Yeah, man, it was just a powerful song, and uh, so it meant a lot. And then we released it. We put a video out that I wasn't going to do. It was just for the kids. Uh, like a photo album of, of the last of our lives together but then everyone was like no it's good just release it because there's a lot of dads that don't have their kids with them all the time they love to see that shit, and especially where things are today so that was a very important song so thanks for checking it out listening to it yeah for yeah, sure chris, chris eveland on uh, spotify uh and then on facebook it's chris eveland music uh, i've got a youtube youtube channel with a bunch of solos a bunch of playing uh, there's so many bands, man. If you just go to Facebook, there's Gelatin Skeleton. Uh, we're going on tour. We're opening up for Ted Poley from Danger Danger in England uh, in August and Crash Diet and Jet Boy and all those bands. Um, the ABBA band's on tour everywhere. So that's SOS, the ABBA experience. Um, and I'm playing in a band called Soundstorm and Sammy and the Boys and a bunch of other stuff, man. Um, but that's it. Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. That's the best way they can reach out and uh, have a listen, see what they think, and go from there. All right. Well, check them out, folks. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. And Chancey, where can they find you besides browsing FYE's bad music selection? I don't think I've ever seen a place that had a bad music selection, but, you know, it's all uh, good. They call, well, yeah, they call it the country section of most stores. But... I suppose. Uh, well, you know, on Facebook, you can find me at Chancey. If you can find my last name and spell it right, then, you know, you've made it into the club. Uh, on Instagram and TikTok, it's uh, the Red Eye Roundtable. On Twitter, it's Red Eye Pod. Uh, because fucking Elon Musk won't let me just put the whole thing in. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the darkest recesses of your nightmares. Truly, truly. And you can find both of us on Facebook as the Uncensored, Untamed, and Unapologetic UQ Podcast Collective. You Name find... change finally came. <laughs> I finally sobered up enough to do it, man. But uh, you can also find us on Twitter and the gram as that Juggle of Bastard. And you can find us on Tiki Taki as Juggle of Bastard Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings. And be sure to check out Blind Knowledge Network where we stream every and if you want to see us live, that's where you go. Or Facebook or Twitter. We go everywhere. Just like your mom. But until next time, we are your musers. <laughs> and we want to thank Chris for coming on. And it's been a it's been a fun, it's definitely been a fun show. And we we'll definitely have to have him back sometime because he he brought a good album. So the, the ones that bring good albums we bring back. For so. sure. <laughs> right on. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh yeah, for sure, man. It was a great time.
Cool, cool. And you're beautiful, too. Right?